Welcome back to the British and Irish Eagles podcast. I'm back on hosting duties. I'm back on UK soil. I'm here with Mick the Beard, Phil the Fence. The first time the three of us have been back on the podcast together as a threesome since the LA game. So uh, looking forward to this, boys. Looking forward to getting back together, getting the band back together. We're going to be talking about a number of things on this podcast. Of course, the Eagles are nine and one no one thought we would be nine and one no one thought we were going to beat the chiefs or at least not many people thought we were going to beat the chiefs certainly outside of eagles fandom anyway but we're nine and one we're going to be talking about the win at arrowhead first time kelsey has beaten his brother and we're also going to be looking at the good the bad and the damn right sexy of the game Followed by some, well, actually, we're going to talk about some news uh, that's happened so far this week. We'll look at what's going on on the injury report. That should be dropping sometime during this podcast as well. We're going to be giving out our awards for this week. We'll be doing our preview of the Bills game, and we'll be doing a new prop bet for you all to enjoy as well. So without any further ado, Phil, welcome back to the podcast. How are you, sir? Welcome back. I've never left. You're the one who's not been here for like... Welcome back to the official podcast. Now I'm back, you know. Oh, what gallivanting on your your holidays and uh, everything you can do to possibly avoid being on the pod these days, it seems. But no, it's good to have you back. Finally have all three of us together. So yeah, let's let's, uh, let's enjoy enjoy the fact that we've got us back together and we can talk about a fantastic win and and looking ahead to another, another Kelly Green week. Kelly Greenery, good point. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Uh, Mick, we seem to be uh, spoiled at the moment with these Eagles wins, but damn, does it feel good. It always feels good after a win, mate. Always feels good after a win. And like we said for many podcasts, don't take it for granted because this just doesn't happen in the NFL. It shouldn't happen. It's supposed to be based on parity. Teams aren't meant to go on these massive win streaks, but we've got a guy under centre who just, he just wins. It wasn't the, the best of games to watch, but we come out of Arrowhead with the win. That's all that matters. The, at the end of the season, once when we're in the playoffs, none of that matters. All the um, how we won the game and you know how ugly it was and all these things, they, they don't matter. They don't matter once you get to the playoffs, and, and that's what we're chasing right now. We're chasing the number one seed. We've got the Lions hot on our tails. Dallas are... Mm, there or thereabouts, the 49ers are finding a bit of form themselves, so we have to keep on top of it as, as, um, as far as going through this gauntlet um, is concerned. So it's good good to get the win. It is. And, and talking about wins, I was I was just amusing um, to myself there. Like, I was wondering, like, what is Jalen Hurts' middle name? Like, is it like Winston? Like, so it's like Jalen W. Hurts because he just wins all the time. He's always got the W. It's not. It's Jalen Alexander Hurts. <laughs> I did a, a quick Google, but you know, A A stands for A star, A stands for Ace, and A is the first in the alphabetic alphabet. And we are number one. We are the first in the NFC, and we are the first in the NFL rankings at the moment. And damn, does that feel good to say? 
And um, damn, does it feel good to be back talking to you guys and you guys listening in. So really pumped for this podcast. All right, let's get to some, some British and Irish Eagles and Eagles news um, as well. A couple of housekeeping things. The British and Irish Eagles watch along the second of the season in Waterloo, Passion Avenue, Leak Street is happening in a week and a half, folks. We have over 50 people signed up for this watch along in Passion Avenue. There'll also be probably another 100 or so Eagles fans who haven't heard of us or don't know us yet. who will be there at Passion, either traveled in from Philadelphia or coming from different parts of the UK. We'll be there eating eating cheesesteaks, eating wings, drinking PBRs, doing shots of pickleback, and we'll be there for for the 49ers game. You know, the revenge game they're going to call it. We're just going to call it the next one we knock up, we knock down. Uh, Eagles are going to be 11 and 1 after the, after that night, after we knock the Bills out this week, too. Uh, so if you haven't signed up, go, go, go to uh, look at our Twitter feed and you will see the latest post, which has uh, a sign up to get involved and come and enjoy us um, for the game. It'd be great to see you there. I won't talk about the British and Irish Eagles trip to the US because Phil did a fantastic job of doing it last week, but maybe. Maybe I'll be able to drop some snippets in over the next few podcasts um, when I when I feel the need to flex, um, as I do on occasion, as you well know. All right, uh, news in terms of injury news. Obviously, Dallas Goddard, you will see, is still not on IR, meaning the Eagles seem to think they're going to get him back sooner than the four to five. Well, four weeks he'd be on IR, and then the one week to to um, activate him and see if he's get, game ready. So, looking like we could potentially see Goddard back sooner. Rather than later, you will not see him back for the Bills. You may see him back for the 49ers game. Um, we'll see. Hopefully back for Dallas. I think that's what they're aiming for by not putting him on DIR. Milton Williams is in concussion protocol. That was confirmed today. Um, and I think yesterday by the Eagles with the short week that the Eagles have playing the Bills on Sunday, having played on Monday Night Football, I think it is fair to say it is unlikely that we will see Milton Williams suit up at the tackle on Sunday. However, stranger things have happened. We've seen Brock Purdy turn around on a short week and be ready from concussion protocol. So let's see if Milton can do the same. I will actually, I'm going to drop in my first little snippet from the tour because Milton Williams, when I was in um, when I was in the Novacare Center uh, the day before everyone arrived over in um, Philly, I was speaking to Big Dom and I was taken around the Eagles medical area while the Eagles players were getting some medical treatment. And I walked into the whirlpool area where they have the ice bath and where they have the um the heat heat pool. So it's like ice heat and cold water therapy. Milton Williams walks out of the steam room with a towel around him, nothing else on, nods at me, gets into the ice bath, standing up with with like waist down i'm like is it too cold in there for you big man to get down he's like i ain't getting down there <laughs> um milton williams is an absolute beast of a man although the biggest guy i saw in that in that um training ground was um fletcher cox in person he looked bigger than all of them it was crazy um, but anyway uh, milton williams unlikely to play this coming sunday other than that, we're waiting on the injury news to drop. There's not many other news other than Sirianni has been doing the rounds, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, Mick, bring you in. Sirianni's been doing the rounds across the NFL on social media. If you haven't seen his, the video of him screaming at Chiefs fans as he walks off the field, please go and watch it. It's it's the passionate love we have for Sirianni and the birds. Thoughts on everyone saying if he wasn't your manager, you'd absolutely hate him, Mick, which is what everyone's saying. <laughs> 
I agree with what everyone's saying. If, if <laughs> honestly, if he wasn't our, our guy, if he wasn't the Eagles, if he wasn't Philly personified, he's turned into Philly Nick. He's just so obnoxious on the field and, and so over the top, but it's so Philly at the same time. And that's why we love him. We love the theatrics. We love how much he cares as well. It's not as if he's just, he's, he's doing it for, for show, you know, as an act. I, I feel like he believes it and he really feels it and he feels, um, you know, the highs and the lows as well just as the players do, just as the fans do. He just made um, such a connection with the city and with the players. And it's it's something that's so rare as well. You don't normally get that, um, especially in the NFL. But like I said, if if, um, if, he's you, if he's one of your own, you'll love the guy. You'll defend the guy to death. But if, uh, if he's on the other side of the fence, yeah. Yeah, you're going to hate Nick Sirianni. And that's probably why, you know, he, he doesn't get the media attention that he deserves. A lot of the time, um, from a lot of the, the NFL talking heads, he's never in the discussion for Coach of the Year, even though his record is absolutely unreal. The number of wins that this guy has has brought to this city. And he's never talked about in the same vein as, as some of the, the front runners and the Coach of the Year conversation. And, you know, it's, it's sad. It's a little bit pathetic from... Um, like from from the league pundits, but you know they say no one likes us. We don't care. That's the exactly. that's that's the tagline of the of uh, Philadelphia. That's what Jason Kelsey said up on that podium mm-hmm. um, after the Super Bowl win. And it's true. It's a great song. Um, if you haven't been over to Philadelphia to hear the song being sung, uh, not very in tune, but um, no one likes us. We don't care. Good little chant for the Eagles. And um, Phil, is there a little bit of um, Jurgen Klopp about Nick Sirianni in terms of the passion you see on the field, the emotion he shows in interviews? Would that be a fair little comparison? Yes, a lot of people don't good. like. A lot of people don't like Jurgen Klopp in the UK. If he's not, unless you're a Liverpool fan. No, that's actually a pretty good um, comparison. I think yeah, from from my perspective, anyway, I can't stand Jurgen Klopp, and <laughs> it's partly because of that reason. So it's it's probably a very valid point to say that you know he's not your coach then you can't stand him because it, it does rob you up the wrong way it is that person who sort of sticks sticks his middle finger up when when he could just put his arm around you instead and be 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 uh, humble and 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 all that sort of stuff about it so when he's he's dancing around and if, if you've seen the video um he peacocks he, 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 he peacocks he, like he, this he, like literally on wait, the sideline he's not fine he's not fine to let like i get it like a lot of a lot of coaches and a lot of fans are like you know my coach should be humble mature like when they go in it's like you want them just to be like yeah we won we're amazing but they won't they're always they're always really sort of reserved and go well the team and, and trying to be it's just it's boring man it's mm. absolutely dead boring it's just like just enjoy it you know you've, you've, you've won it and i guess he is I think I was listening to, uh, I think it was Go Birds on the way back from from Preston this morning, and um, they were saying that if he wasn't the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, he'd be a WIP caller. Yeah, he would. <laughs> and it was yeah. nice. and yeah. they were like, that's actually pretty pretty funny because you you could imagine like just someone like here's Nick Sirianni to give his opinion on the birds this week. He's like, yeah, well, <laughs> the Eagles aren't doing, you know, are actually. Bossing everyone there, and it's just like he's Nick from Delco. Yeah, Nick from Delco, and and he's but he's actually the coach of the Eagles, and then you kind of get that 
that feeling from the coaches as a whole because you know, we I feel like he has through. I feel like he has rung into WIP before. Like I feel like that's actually well, he, he does actually have a slot to be fair, but it's like, no, I mean as a caller. I I'm I don't know that oh, I'm right. pretty sure I've seen something somewhere where he rang in as like Nick from Delco or something like that. I could see that happening. It'd be uh, amazing if that he happened, came out but... in defensive um it, it's a press conference that just happened today. Not a lot was said about in the press conference Sean Desai spoke, Nick Sirianni spoke, Jalen Hurt spoke a uh, couple of snippets from the press conference. Uh, Jalen Hurts was asked, can he still squat? And does he still squat 600 pounds? Um, Jalen, who was the toast to Nick Sirianni's marmite, basically just turned around and went, um, it, ain't, it ain't gone anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Nick Sirianni was, at, was asked a few questions um, as well and made a point that the media should be talking more about how well Brian Johnson is officiating and calling from an offensive coordinator's perspective. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but you can't you can't argue at nine and one. Uh, guy's going to be doing something right. Uh, and I remember a certain head coach who, or a certain um, a certain coach within the Eagles who we were calling for blood from last year, Michael Clay. And um, Michael Clay may or may not have made the good, the bad, and the damn right sexy this week. So uh, we'll see. Coaches can improve, as they say. Um, all right, good stuff. I think that's all we got for the news now. Mick, will you uh, you keep us honest when that when that injury report uh, comes in? Let us know what's what's going on when it lands, please. Yeah, I can slide in with a buzzer if you like. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Breaking news. Throw it over to the scone cold beard man. All right, let's get into um, let's get into let's get into some records for a second and. Mick, I'm, I'm just going to let you take this away here because you, you talked about Nick Sirianni's record for the Eagles and how many wins he's brought. Uh, you, you did a bit of research earlier on today. Let's let's give the, uh, the listeners some insight into just how well this win was against the Chiefs and also how well Jalen and Nick are doing as a tandem at the moment. Yes, so including the playoffs, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts have, com- have combined for a 33-11 and 11 record. It's a 3-1 ratio. That is the fifth most victories by a head coach-quarterback tandem in their first 44 games together since the 1970 merger, trailing oh. only Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. John Fox and Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. and Don Shula and Dan Marino. That's incredible and when you look that at that. That is things. company. That is company. <laughs> and there's not know. much difference in those records. Like we're talking 33 11, Patrick Mahomes 35 9, Aaron Rodgers 35 9, Peyton Madding 34 10, Dan Marina 34 10. So like we're talking one or two out here, right? Minimum. Yeah, exactly. And and these guys are Hall of Famers, first battle yes. Hall of Famers. Yeah. So is Jalen Hurts. Should we be talking? Should we start talking about Jalen Hurts going to Canton this early? But, uh, I think there's a couple uh, but, more. I think Hurts has got a couple more years. Uh, sorry, Mahomes has got a couple more years behind him than than Jalen. I think Jalen needs to win a Super Bowl before that can be in a conversation. Absolutely, but it's uh, it's, it's trending in the right direction, and it uh, it's it's great company to keep for that sort of start line. You mentioned uh, Coach of the Year talk. What's the odds currently on Nick Sirianni for Coach of the Year at the moment? So yeah, I'd say that Nick Sirianni's fourteen to one at the moment with the with the bookie coach of the year. So that's behind Dan Campbell. And to, to be fair, Dan Campbell's in an exceptional job with the Lions. Did you uh, see Demico- his howl winning speech when he went to the dressing room? 
I didn't. Um, oh my god, it's like a Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did watch. I remember watching the Lions Have Knock series, and uh, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it because Dan Campbell is just quite a character, and you know, it's it's been a bit of a tortured franchise. I'm quite happy that they're winning, but. I want them to lose at least a couple of games before the end of the season because I want that one seed. I don't want them getting it. So um, I'll happily cheer against the Lions <laughs> for the rest of the season. I'm I afraid. think any, like, any testosterone I, I'd have left if I met Dan Campbell in person would just wither away and die in his company. <laughs> He's just so manly and so big. <laughs> I'd just be like, I just feel so insignificant as a human, I think, next to him. Um, incredibly incredible that um, uh, Mike McDaniel is ahead of Nick Sirianni, Phil, given that Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins are 0-3 against winning teams and Jalen Hurts and Sirianni together are 13-0 straight against teams with a winning record. Bit of a joke, that, really. Yeah, I, I don't think Nick Sirianni is going to win Coach of the Year unless, unless the Eagles win the Super Bowl. I just feel like there's just that that narrative around the Eagles. We, me and Nick spoke about it last week that that you know the hate around Jalen Hurts it is real, and the fact that he's absolutely blown out of the park is the only reason why he's 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 number one. He he has to do more than other people to to win that, and I think um, Nick Sirianni the same would have to win the Super Bowl to be undeniably Coach of the Year because if if the Eagles don't. Then he won't win it just purely because there's no reason why there's reasons why they, they don't have to and and Mike Mike McDaniel is just a charismatic coach but in a different way he's got that cheeky kind of uh, rapport with the media so there's a he lot tries of, to be he tries to be funny a lot I, I, and it he's weird, hyper intelligent it weird, he's hyper intelligent stuff. yeah which is which can come across like that sometimes very quirky very different but Aaron Rodgers like I suppose in, in in some ways in terms of the way that he thinks he's trying to outsmart the media and everything he's try, he, he responds with if you know what I mean it's it's Mike McDaniel and I've said it to a few other people he reminds me of the guy who um said a funny joke one time and then rock trots the same joke out <laughs> every time he's around people because it works once you know that's his thing now and yeah. like he has this thing where he comes up with these like when when they were in Germany and he comes on and he said I think it's something in German and then makes a crack about that's all the Germany knows or something. And it's just like mm. Yeah, okay, we get it. You're we get it, you're a cheeky funny guy, like you know, come up with something original. Like when he's running off the off the pitch and notices that the camera's trying to keep up with him, so he sprints harder. It's like oh, he's such a he's such a such a little tight, that guy. Um, but it wears off. It just wears how long off. would he? How long would he fare in the navy, Phil? Like McDaniel? Oh, he'd be he'd be he'd be talk of the town, and he'd be he'd be absolutely super popular for about six hours, and then people <laughs> would get tired of it and and just be like, "Can you just turn off? Can you just be, be be?" It's almost like it doesn't feel like it's real. It feels like he's he's developed this character, and he, and he's now this character person where you know it's great when you're winning. But the minute it starts falling apart, and you know, you go on a they go on a run of, of defeats. And I know sidetrack, like the Dolphins haven't really beaten anybody that um with a winning record. They're only three with mm-hmm. with, a, mm-hmm. with teams against teams with a winning record. But you know, and the fact that they absolutely demolished the, the Broncos, it sort of it just allows him this platform to, to keep going. But I want I'm, I'm just I'm not I don't wish 
ill on, on the dogs. I do like them generally as a team and, and the fans that we know, I do have a lot of soft, a little bit of a soft spot for them. But the minute they start to sort of, they lose two on the bounce or things just don't look quite rosy, like that, that demeanor is going great pretty quickly. On the All right, that's, that, like, that's, that's, that's enough for the Dolphins. Um, but yeah, I completely, completely agree. Um, my, my, Mike McDaniel, I know I threw it to you there, um, Phil, but I think that's enough Mike McDaniel talk for this for this podcast. Kevin O'Donnell, I don't even know who Kevin O'Donnell um, is currently the head coach of, so that's probably not good on my behalf. There you go. Oh yeah, I kind of like that guy. I've seen a few, few again, likable, but I, not... I actually do like Kevin O'Donnell as well. Yeah, um, he's, yeah. he's a good head coach. But... He seems like a good guy as well. But again, good guys don't win uh, coach of the year. You, you know, the, the team with the best winning record, sure, right? This guy's um, what's that? These guys finished last. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, Hurts currently the betting favor for MVP. Lamar Jackson second. Paddy Mahomes third. Right. Okay. Should we move on to the good, the bad, and the damn right sexy? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. What do we want to do first? Should we get the bad out of the way? I like getting the bad out of the way first. Phil. Offensive play calling. Eagles ended the first half down 17-7 with a horrendous stat line. You were the only person of the three of us who stayed up from one till five to watch it live. So you can give us your untainted view of how poor that first half was from an offensive standpoint. It was it was quite painful. It really was. It it, it got to the it got to the it got to the second quarter and into it at halftime and and I started to regret the decision. A lot of us who had stayed up were sort of debating on whether to go to bed because it was just like we could just feel that the Eagles were not at the races for the first sort of half of the game. The play calling did seem suspect, but then again, it just it was more down to the the Chiefs' defensive line was just absolutely on point, and they were getting to Jalen Hurts there. Steve Spagnuolo was 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 creating all sorts of mixed. Um, oh. Fronts to confuse the offensive line, and the offensive line just sort of maybe they had a bit of a bad game as well. But in general, I think the the defensive attack was just so well coached and prepared. Um, as we as we spoke about in the last podcast, like the last person you want to give to a bye week to prepare for to face you, it's the Chiefs, Andy Reid, and, and the coach there, and they they were supremely well prepared for it. So. And the, the Eagles just couldn't get anything going. And then when you when you call sort of three wide receiver, two wide receiver screens and a, and a run in a row, when you're already struggling to get things going, it just started to sort of build that momentum and narrative where you start to get a little bit concerned for the Eagles. Um, but as we've as we've also known that the, the the defensive side of the ball kept us in that game. So I think whilst that was happening, you it never quite fully got to the point where you went. It's it's impossible now. Like you always felt that there was a possibility, and 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 they did. Um, but you know, like I said, that in the Hertz was sacked quite a lot of times. He looked a little bit nervous in the pocket as well. Um, there was one. Are you worried about that, that, Phil? Are you worried about Hertz being sacked five times in the first half? This, what, this offensive line has not been as good as it was last year. Are you concerned about the offensive line? Uh, yes and no. I think, like I said, this game. I think you've got to put a lot of it down to the defensive attack sort of as much as the Eagles offensive line I think they are better than that but I think they just came up against a significantly well coached defense um and it just caused them a few issues and I think it 
it didn't spiral though. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it there was there was issues, but it never kind of got out of hand to the point where I think guys just need to. But get the out of defensive there. made made sure it didn't, right? Yeah, yeah, our, our, our defense, but yeah, also like you know the Chiefs weren't able to sort of supremely capitalize, but but yeah, like I think the offensive play calling still has got a lot of questions around it, and there was a lot of um, hate directed towards um, Brian Johnson, but ultimately um, they figured it out in the second half and they, they 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 hit it when it when it counted and towards the, the in the latter half of the game like they pulled out that that 45 yard bomb to, to Devontae Smith to put us on the one yard line and that was came at the perfect time um just when the the, the Chiefs just weren't pulling away and they weren't it, in the second half they didn't score any points it just felt like the longer that went on it's like we just need that one play that one sequence of plays that's going to sort of put us over the edge and there's a lot of people that kind of start to get that feeling. It's like the game's there to be got. We've stuck around. We're not out of this game. The Chiefs are sort of starting to sort of um, stagnate, maybe a little bit in terms of they're not they're not really marching down the field. And yes, we got a few defensive uh, turnovers at key moments as well. But it just felt like the offensive play calling will get a lot of stated, but they also pulled out when it really mattered, and ultimately we came up with the win. And, Defenses can keep you engaged. They can't win you games. They can. They can get you. They can get you there. Um, Mick, do you agree with that? Do you do you agree that it doesn't matter we got the win, or are you concerned about the offensive play calling? Yeah, I didn't love the. I, I didn't watch the game live, right? So it's hard to get a feel for it when you're sort of watching the game back and like a game in 40 sort of thing where you're just seeing the snap and you're not getting like the real game feel. But it's very telling that Jalen had been, before the bye, he'd been hurt and the QB draws had stopped. The, the, the um, Brian Johnson seemed to be doing a better job on play calling during that period where Jalen was hurt because Jalen couldn't use his legs. He couldn't call the, the, the QB draws. Um, he couldn't do the designed runs. And lo and behold, we come back from the bye, Jalen's feeling a bit better. They appear again, just like the fucking spot on your face that you, you popped a week before and it comes back with three more. Uh, that's what Brian Johnson dialed up for us <laughs> against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football and I wasn't impressed from what I saw. Uh, it needs to be better. There's not many opportunities that you'll have in the NFL where you keep going three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, and your defence keeps, you, keeps, you, keeps the game in check. Uh, we know that the, the Chiefs haven't been firing on all cylinders offensively because of their wide receiver weapons are just, well, for a better word, terrible at the moment. But, you know, you look at a team that's more high-powered on offence, like, a, you know, even the 49ers who are coming up in a couple of weeks' time, you can't do that against the 49ers. You, you can't afford to keep going three and out because the play calls are, are being that bad. It's, it's setting us up to fail automatically. If we go if we go down a few scores, three scores, it's, such, it's, it's insurmountable to come back from and it's just such a mountain to climb for the for the offense in the second half to, to try and come back from and we just it's just needless in my opinion because you've got you've got the weapons there you've got AG Brown you need to use AG Brown he had one catch for eight yards in this game eight eight yards in this game 
EG, EG bro. I, I didn't mind that too much because it it showed that the Eagles could win without AJ Brown going for 130 yards. I'm not saying I want to see that happen. Yeah, retrospectively, but if we lose that game, you're like, what the fuck? I think there was a couple of times where Jalen didn't see AJ free and there was the interception that would have went. There was one that he threw, which went um, just out of bounds. A couple that they threw just out of bounds. I think he was like one for six. It wasn't like he wasn't targeted. Mm. He just didn't haul anything in. There was a couple of things that happened. He could have had a much bigger game, AJ Brown. I'm not sure that was necessarily the play calling, although I'd like to see more than six targets for AJ Brown definitely, but it was good to see. Um, it was good to see Devontae Smith get 99 yards. We'll come on to him in a second. What I, what I, what I, um, what I, what one thing I want to pick up, which I thought was good from Brian Johnson, which we haven't seen much, was a play action pass kind of screen. It was like a play action screen pass drop down to uh, Swift. Happened twice in the game, same play, and went for I think a combined 40 yards. For, for both plays when they happen, or at least 30 yards. We haven't seen Brian Johnson be that creative, I don't think, with play calling so far this year. You see a lot of teams where you've got a wide receiver running across uh, in between the center and the quarterback at the time, just when the ball is snapped, and then the, the, the running back breaks off to the left, f- fl- runs in behind the wide receiver, and then behind the offensive line, and there's a hole, etc. We haven't seen much of that. The screens where you're just throwing it out wide and you got your tight end, your wide receiver blocking. They, they could be read pretty pretty quickly. But when you've got a play action, play action pass to your running back with a wide receiver running across and a fake throw from the quarterback to start with, it causes more confusion. I'd like to see Brian Johnson cause a bit more confusion. I also completely agree on your statement regarding Jalen Hurts and the design runs. Name your quarterback in the league that has as many design runs as Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson doesn't. Most of him are reactive. Patrick Mahomes is one of the leading rushers in the league. Most of his are reactive. And when Jalen Hurts is rushing at his best, he's rushing because he's looked at check check one, check two, and he's noticed the gap in the middle and he runs. Or he breaks out to the left and he runs to the sideline and gets eight yards. Or he breaks to the right-hand side and he gets a first down. He's much better at, at running when he's reacting to what happens in front of him because his IQ of what's happening on the field is so good. I think he's I think he's too easy to read when he's got design room because he just takes it takes a step back and then just runs straight forward. It's not like he takes it and runs out to the right and follows offensive line breaking. It's not like you see JC Kelsey coming out from the center, running around and taking on a wide receiver for a Jalen Hurts design run. That will that will happen for a running back uh, run or or a screen pass. It doesn't happen for a Jalen Hurts design run. All of his design runs tend to be pretty central down the middle. And I just don't think that's Jalen Hurts' skill set. I think he's better when he's in open space, when he can make someone miss. I think he's better when he's running diagonally towards the sideline and he can he can judge the distance between the player and the sideline. I don't think he's good taking the ball to run it up the gut and up the middle. And a lot of his design runs are like that. So I'd like to see less of that from Brian Johnson. I'd li- I, I don't mind seeing Jalen Hurts run the ball, but I'd like to see it more reactive when number one, number two, and number three are possible or where he sees a hole break open and it's not a design play. Phil, you look like you got something to say on that. Yeah. I think it, um like I said, I had a very long drive today, so I listened to every single podcast that was available. So I think okay. a brand new um new new heights podcast, which was I was exceptionally especially looking forward to listening to because I wanted to hear what um, Travis had to say because he was pretty quick pretty prickly after the game in his press conference. I wanted to see what he was like once he'd had was a moment he? to school. He, apparently, yeah, I think there's a lot. There's a video post in the group, and it's just very much like 
care. Not giving any credit to the Eagles whatsoever. It was like putting all the team, which yeah, I get. Yeah, yeah. The side of things you, you do that, that's like you fall on your sword saying, Mike, it's all on me, it's all on me. But he just refused to sort of acknowledge that the Eagles had, had, had done something, anything good. He was just like, no, no, we, no, we lost that game. They didn't win that game. So, okay, fair enough. Do you agree with um, that? Do you, what, do you what, think um, they lost that game or do you think they won that game? I don't think he necessarily has zero point whatsoever, but I think it's just one of those things where. Both are true. The Eagles won, and the and the and the, the Chiefs lost. Like I said, if they'd gone out of sight, if they'd been on point, if they hadn't done those, you know, if Flavio Scantling had caught that ball, if Travis hadn't fumbled that ball, but that's like that's the shoulda woulda coulds happen in every game. It's like I oh, mean, we lost the Super Bowl then, the and the Chiefs didn't win it either, right? If only Bradbury hadn't held held the uh, um was it yeah Tony uh, or Smith- it was, it was um, one of them. I was Smith Schuster, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if only he hadn't done that, so it's like yeah, okay. But anyway, the, the, the point I was getting was that, that Jason Kelsey was saying that it was incredibly hard for um, him and Jalen to communicate just because Arrowhead was absolutely jumping. He and said, the rain. Like, that's, the, that's one of the first games the Eagles have played this season on the road where it's not been almost a takeover. I mean, I know a lot of Eagles fans and we saw a lot of our, our good friends sort of heading down there, but it was Shout still out very to rare. Shout out to Sports loud. Trip, who brought 500 sports trips. people I down. I know Natalie and, and Hollis were, were definitely down there. I think Seth Joyner was down there with them as well. But Shout, it, it, Just it, on that, Phil, shout out to Natalie. She dropped me a message um, on the Sunday saying that um, she, she missed all of us and wished we were there. So, uh we made a friend for life. I know we've had on a podcast before, but shout out, shout out to Natalie. Looking forward to seeing you again soon, Natalie, if you're listening in. Yeah, no, it was lovely to meet her and, and all the other guys like Hollis Thomas, uh, still there with his um, flower um, yeah. get up. Um, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous seeing a guy of his size with a daffodil around his head. Did you but, hear um, the shout out I got on the um, Fourth and John podcast last week? I did, yeah. He was talking very glowingly of you. Well, I don't think he was. He he called me a clown. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I mean. We we get on, me and Hollis. We're we're bros now. I'm sure he can say a lot worse. but um, I'm sure he can. uh, Yeah, so there was a combination of of, of Jason Kelsey and and Jalen Hurts not being able to do their usual communications. I think um, uh, Jalen tried to to, uh, audible and change one of the plays, and Kelsey said no. Because they had a bit of a disagreement, um, uh, Kelsey was had a gut feeling that they were just trying to make them change the play, so he sort of stuck to his guns. It ended up working. He said later on in the game, um, the same sort of thing happened, but it didn't work out because they were they were wrong in their in their in their, in their guess. So there's that. Also, there were a couple of good um, QB draws. There was a couple of plays, designed runs for him, which worked really well. I think one probably about the third quarter, maybe the fourth quarter, where it was a clear. Um, QB run and they just sort of all ran to the right and it just you know it's kind of a, a QB screen play in a way. So. Yeah, don't mind that. So the one that worked is the one where they went to the right, right? But most yeah. of them have been designed down. I think that's my point. I'm not saying don't ever and, do them. Not as many, I think, is where I'm getting. That the, the ones you're referring to, I do completely agree. Sometimes it just looks like very devoid of ideas. Like almost like they're going to go. Well, that's the play they've called. You know, you kind of go through the motions and. What did you think about the um, brotherly shove uh, on second and one? Uh, the whole field's the open, the whole playbook's open. You're second and one. Uh, this is right. Mick before we scored the touchdown on, on the on on the la- on the second last drive that we had in the game. I think so. Or was, yeah, and and basically the whole field's open. It's, it's second and one, like you could take a shot downfield, like they don't know what you're preparing for. And they went and it was very, it was a very reserved 
play, I will just go brutally shove, make get get one yard, and then start from new set downs. You know, you can get up third down, you can get a fourth down. Why aren't you doing something else on second down? I think it was more conservative. Do you think it was running the clock down, maybe? I just think it was conservative play to, you know, in case they, you know, ran a play to hand off to Swift or something like that. And, and, you know, it was a tackle for loss and they lose some more yards and they don't Mm. get, they don't get the first down. Yeah, just because of how, you know, how the offense had been ticking along through the game. So they, they just wanted to, you know, get the first down, get a new set of downs. Let's keep, let's keep the 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 juggernaut moving down the field. It's possibly the thinking, but you're right. If if it was a passing play, then why not? Why not take a shot? Um, You'd be disappointed but, uh, to see that in the Super Bowl, I think. But but if you but if you've had five sacks and you're just not trusting your offensive line, then yeah, I can I can see it. You don't want to take a tackle for loss. But. Do you think that? The- the Eagles could get to a position where they could get three and a half yards on every on every down and probably shove it up the entire <laughs> <of> the field. <laughs> imagine a shove from the one to the one. <laughs> could you imagine? That's a sure I mean, way to get the play banned. They will never see the light of day ever again. Did Jason you see Kelsey, Chris Sims? You think Kelsey would be like the side that sides <laughs> like the side of a fiver? He'd be fucking flat <laughs> at the end of that drive. <laughs> oh, could you imagine how the defensive line would be knackered though? Could you imagine? So I saw something here, and I hope no, no one ever will, but I hope no opposing team ever gets to see this. I have realized I've cracked why the Broverly show doesn't work. I've cracked it. So it works every time when it can't stop it. I've absolutely cracked it. You go and watch the Broverly show on the defensive line. They've got all the defensive linemen all squeezed into the middle, but then they've got their their um, linebackers and their um, their DBs on the outside in case there's any play-action plays, in case Jalen decides to take the ball back and throw it to the left, in case they decide to take the ball back and, and there's a run to the right. Now, because they have to spread themselves thinner, the Eagles are all in that formation at the middle. So there are there are literally more bodies. on the, So if you think about the linebackers are matching up against the uh, running back and the tight end, right, Nor, on a normal play when they're lined up. In this scenario, the running back and the tight end are lined up behind Jalen Hurts, ready to push him through. But the two linebackers are lined up on the outside. So you've got those two extra players who are helping to push Jalen over the middle, whereas the other two are on the outside. I've cracked it, probably sure. That's why it happens. (laughs) There you have it, folks. Uh... (laughs) Get me a job as a defensive coordinator. Did you did you see the Chris Sims take? Both of you two. Uh, yes, yes. yes. And, the Ka- and the Colin Cowherd is the entire league now so embarrassed at how wrong they were about the Beverly Shove and how wrong they were about Jalen Hurts. They cannot say face anymore, and they have they have to admit they were wrong. Well, they've seen it countless times around the league. People keep trying to do it, and they keep failing to do it. This. Something that the Eagles have in their locker, and they can do it, and they will do it. I love. The, I can't remember the, who it was against, but it was the clip of Jason, um, Jason Kelsey, and he just uh, he just goes, "You know what's coming?" Snaps the ball, and then 
you know, gaining <laughs> gain two or three yards on the on the show. 3.5. It, it's just the way he says it so quickly. And he's like, you know what's coming? Snap. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. Is yeah. that in-game? Yeah, in-game. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. I really want to listen to the um the New Heights podcast. Anyway, should we get should we we I feel like uh, I'm a bit rusty, guys, right? I've only done like one podcast in the last three weeks because of my gallivants. Should we should we actually get to the good part of the the um the damn right sexy? Because we've kind of just started to cover all different aspects of the game. So uh, let's get to the good part here. Oh, before we do, Kenny Gainwell, one yard, one carry, one yard, fuck off. All right. Back to the good. All right, <laughs> DeAndre Swift, Phil. Over 100 yards, total yards this game. Are we are we coming back? Is this now the cycle of we're going to be a run-the-ball team, we're going to be a pass-the-ball team? Are we now back in the we're going to run-the-ball team? We're going to see uh, DeAndre Swift start to get more of the uh, more the egg for the next few weeks? I think this game definitely called for it. There was definitely a, a expectation that this game would be one where um, we'd need to run the ball more. The conditions were pretty... Um, chaotic and it lent itself to the fact that the the, the Chiefs run run defense was probably their weakest aspect. Um so we kind of expected to see this. I mean I was hoping for maybe a little bit more, but I think that where the game started off and, and it developed, I was seriously worried that we wouldn't get 76 yards on total offense, let alone um on the ground from one player. So um, it's good that he managed to do it. He looks elusive. He looks um, like a really key player in the. Um, he looked quick, screen. didn't he? He looked quicker, the like screen, than the last yeah, few the weeks. Where you saw saw Jason Kelsey absolutely bombing up the field and pancaking someone, but not only did he that 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 got him about ten to fifteen yards, but he managed to get a few extra yards himself by sort of throwing in a spin move and then mm-hmm. um, back flipping over. a a defender to get another I think I think yards. Kelsey could have done more. I, I think Kelsey could have done more on that play. And that's going to sound I mean, ridiculous he because well, he, he got that he contact, spring- didn't he, Liam? So, <laughs> well, I know, I know. We know that know. you've still got a bit of a bee in your bonnet about that. No, one. no, I'm saying he could have done more. Than that, but I, I appreciate the move. I appreciate getting out in over space. I appreciate taking out the DB. He flattened him. But he took out the DB. He took him out the wrong side. He made he made he made Swift have to then jump over him. Kelsey didn't keep going to get the next guy up. Lazy, you lazy, do, you, lazy from Jason. You do, you, you do realize that on those kind of plays, that Jason Kelsey has absolutely no idea what's going on behind him, <laughs> yeah, right? I know, yeah, just... <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm teasing. I'm teasing. He did a great job. But, but yeah, it's, I mean, and there's a, I, I like watching the. Um, screenplays where it doesn't quite work out and you just seen Jesse kept Jason Kelsey like run down the field with pancakes someone and he like turns around and <laughs> around him because the play just didn't develop and he's like oh I didn't know that for nothing. Um but yeah um he got he had a good good start in the passing game. It was a it was a jet sweep that, that got him up the field by um later on in the game that would look was a, a big play for he game. looked great he looked he, he looked and, great when he was catching the ball he looked great when he was rushing the ball Exactly, and that's kind of what we got him for. That was the problem that we had with Sanders was was that he's he's on he's similar in terms of how well Sanders did last year. So he's on he's on par for uh, he's got nearly he's got nine hundred total yards so far uh, through ten games. He's on par to hit sort of similar rushing yards that we had with Sanders, but has three hundred more um, receiving yards, and that's probably the key difference. Is that whilst we all loved and, and you know and adored Sanders in in, in different ways, um, his receiving game just wasn't at that level and and we've kind of got Sanders plus a receiving plus 
his receiving ability now as we've kind of we have upgraded in the position even, even just a little bit and, and it's come good in the games that he's had explosive stats on he's, he's really had sort of impactful games he's had a couple quiet games lately but um I think the way that's that me. What are you running back though? Isn't it Phil? Like you, you see, you look at the likes of Kamara, you look at C Mac, you look at Henry, and these guys just pound the rock, run their running backs into the ground. They get injuries, you know, and and they're knackered, and there's nothing else to the game. There's no other weapons to the game. You want a running back who, when you need to dial him up for a wet, cold game, rainy, um, it's hard to catch the ball, it's hard to throw the ball. And then you can just dial up DeAndre Swift whenever you want to be a key part in your offense. I mean, that's what you want, right? Yeah, I think it's more to do with the way that the Eagles tend to win in different ways, depending on what needs to be done. So they won't force a running game in a game where it just isn't working. So the Eagles have the, the, the fortune of being able to kind of win games in so many different ways that, you know, this was the game that Swift was needed for. And he, and he delivered, like you said, he, he steps up when needed, but... He's had a few quiet games just because those games lent themselves towards uh, AJ Brown going on a you know, six-game consecutive run of over 125 yards, and that's clearly where the game plan was in those games. And, and certain run defenses are just just generally stronger, so you, you, you're going to sort of think there's no point trying to beat a good run defense where we can just beat them in the air instead. So yeah, Mega John was a bit Mega Yawn uh, this week with only one catch for eight yards. Uh, moving on to Devontae Smith. We've talked about him already. Mick, talk to me about Slim Reaper, skinny Batman. Oh, little segue. Uh, when I was also in the Nevercare Center, I went to get an apple juice in the canteen while Devontae Smith was stood right next to me. I, I kind of said hello and he kind of like grunted in response. <laughs> I didn't get anything more back from him. But, you know, I'll take that grunt and I'll remember it. I'll remember the pitch notes of that grunt. Uh, it was, <laughs> he is so skinny in real life. Like what we, what you see on TV, I know he looks tiny. But in real life, he is so skinny, and he was wearing like a like a onesie with like a hood over it and a Pokemon backpack and some Crocs, just like sitting down, like eating his food in the canteen and like giving people smack. Like, and um, when I talked to um, when I talked to uh, Big Dom uh, briefly, he told me that Devonte Smith is probably the nicest guy in the Eagles locker room. So, um, which is which is kind of nice to hear. Um, but Devontae Smith, Mick, uh, what a game uh, he had when he needed to have an underwhelming season so far for him, or is this what we should expect from him overall moving forward? Well, this is the thing: is Devontae Smith is just clutch. He's a big game player. He's a big time player. That's why he won the Heisman Trophy when he was in college. When he played for Alabama, and he. he he um hauled in the, the winning touchdown in the in the college championship game uh when Chua Tungavailoa chucked it up for him. Um uh, Devontae comes up in big spots and he done it again against the Chiefs and the biggest stage there is the Super Bowl rematch as it was you know dubbed. All eyes on this game. I think it was the most watched game so far of the, the regular this season. Yeah, I think so. This Swift, is something Swifties. Like, something like 29 million viewers wow. on CBS for Monday Night Football. And uh, Devontae Smith just produces. If he if he has an opportunity, he will produce because he's that good. He has he, He's probably the best route runner on the team. He has such good hands, body control. He's got it all. Um, 
you're talking about him not having the best season because we're all expecting you know the big breakout season, especially in not bad, not year. bad season. I, I don't mean he's having a bad season. I just mean like no, he's but on, it's, he's on course for about a thousand yards. Yeah, it, it's because he's been slightly overshadowed. I say slightly, he's been overshadowed by AJ Brown. He's he's kind of on, um, and that's no fault of Devontae himself. He just hasn't had the targets um, or the opportunities and I'm sure he is a wide receiver one on any other roster. Any other roster in the NFL, he's a wide receiver one and he would be you know, straight up there with AJ Brown and with Tyreek Hill had he be on a team like the Chiefs, for instance. He would be killing it at the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes would Shag the ass off with the one he's with. I don't want to. I don't want to like idiot. disappoint anyone listening to this podcast. But it's not going to be Wood. It, it's going to be Will. Devonte Smith will be a wide receiver one on another team, unless AJ Brown. Ah, oh, sharp. Just which I don't sharp. think will. They're, they're going to pay him. They're going to pay him. I don't they're care not. what you say. Yes, they're they not. are. They will pay no. him. They will. You know why? Confident. Because no, 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 no. They'll pay him because the Eagles have fucking tried to find. A wide receiver for years and years and years. They've tried drafting them. They've they've, they've brought in you know uh, J Job. We've seen him try him shite away. Rager try him shite away. They've tried multiple times to try and get their guy. And how he's finally got his guy? Do you think he's going to let him slip through his fingers? But he, no, but he's already got one. He's, he's already got one, and they're not moving away from. Me. They're not going to move away from AJ, and they can't afford to pay them both big bucks. They can. How he can? How he can? Yeah. All right. I have my sources. I've been told they won't. I know, I know you do. <laughs> sources, my heart. It's absolutely a source. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, Devontae Smith, um, four touchdowns so far this year, 600 yards, uh, honing in on around a seven touchdown, 1,000 yards season in the regular season. And the important thing is he is a bird right now. I hope he continues to be a bird, and I hope to see him continue to rack up. Is that the second time he's had 99 yards this year, or have I made that up? Yeah, it's twice. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I saw 99 yards on the stat sheet, and I was like, that's definitely happened to you before. How annoying is that? It's like a cricketer when you get to 99 and get out. Just one one yard short of a 100-yard receiving game. Uh, Because they show up. It will be, and also they 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 are on the stat sheets on your career long term and for the season. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so should we do our lock Logan play of the week? You're the boss. Let's do our lock Logan play of the week. Phil, take us away. Well, I feel like this might be a bit contentious in a way because technically the play didn't work. But I think the the ingenuity of it and the the balls and the and just the, the when it happened in the middle of the game, just like people were just like what what what, what? Like, how has no one ever tried this before? And he got so close to doing it. But in case you didn't know who I'm, what I'm talking about, um, if you've been living under a rock, but it's the it's the Jalen Carter attempted interception of a spike. Now, like I'm guessing the spike's been around for. Uh, a good few decades and, and this has never happened before in the NFL especially um, for a player to think Do you know what I'm going to try and get my hands underneath the ball as the quarterback sort of completely unaware and to do it against someone like Patrick Mahomes or attempt to do it against someone like Patrick Mahomes um, and also imagine if you're the centre um, 
with suddenly a pair of hands appearing beneath your legs as as the uh, as the quarterback's trying uh, takes the ball from you and tries to spike. I think it actually bounces off his hand, so he did get there. Just um, obviously could not see a thing that he was doing and, and 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 had no idea whether the ball was in his hands or not. It's just a more of a hit and hope. But I just think for the the ingenuity, the attempt, and and the and the sheer craziness of it, it sort of stood out to me as sort of something worthy of a, a single a singular play that that people will remember and, and and fully, in my opinion, deserving of the uh, the Lot Lemon Player of the Week. Amazing, absolutely loved it. Um, loved the fact that he saw it on YouTube. And, um, yeah. and, and and went and went to play to make the play. And everyone was like, <laughs> "What's going on?" Diving straight through the the center's legs and so close. I think had he even, I think had he tipped it, um, it didn't. I don't think he even needed to catch it. Had he tipped it, that would have let the clock go to zero and would have stopped him getting the field goal. Is that right? If he had tipped it without Patrick like bobbled and it taken a couple of seconds for. Mahomes to pick it back up. Yeah, then. which and there's only two seconds left on the clock, so that that would have happened. Hello, cat. I think. <laughs> so yeah, because he wouldn't have been down by contact unless the yeah. unless the centre was touching him at the time when he touched it. No, I don't know. Strange one. It is a strange one. All right, good stuff. Uh, uh, I bet it's just oh. as strange as when uh, AJ Brown was trying to take the ball back from. Uh, the Chiefs player during the interception, and then it was it was the oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Touching. that was that was strange, but it was cool. I liked that. Yeah. I liked I liked AJ Brown's hustle just to like I wait till this guy gets back on his feet and I'll wrestle the ball off him. And so so was he was he was, he was he was he um was he marked down or was he down before AJ took the ball off him? Because I, I can't remember that play. Yeah, it was it was marked down because yeah AJ's shins touched his right. shins so he's marked down by contact at that point but if the shins didn't touch and he just let the, the receiver get up and take the ball from him that would have been a fumble and he goes ball which was uh, you know i admire the you know these guys have got big brain energy um mm-hmm. aj brown and and jalen carter are just out there trying shit. Yeah. <laughs> i like it i like it i love it and they're and they're so young and they're they're leading players within the nfl as well which is absolutely incredible all right, Mick, we've got a bit of breaking news here on the Eagles injury report. So I will um, let you take it away in the um, Eagles admin group. Oh, yes. So we have the Wednesday injury report. We have exactly. few did not participate, including Derek Barnett for the second week in a row with personal, personal issues. We still don't know the issues behind that, unless Liam, you have insider information that you've not. Seen. I don't on that one, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Calcaterra has an ankle injury, which uh, we, that happened uh, in game during the Chiefs. Uh, I think he was wearing a boot after the game, and he'll be expected to be out probably for this coming game against the Bills. I would expect, um, which leaves even shorter at the tight end position, unfortunately. Justin Evans uh, has a knee injury, still. Did not, did not participate in safety. Uh, Dallas Goddard still on the injury report as we've not assigned him to IR. And Milton Williams, who we also mentioned, uh, left the game against Kansas with a concussion and did not participate. Uh, there's a few <clears throat> uh, players who have been added 
to the injury report as limited participants. Uh, hopefully nothing too serious because we need these guys. Uh, AJ Brown with a thigh. Uh, Julio Jones with a knee, DeAndre Swift with an ankle, and Quez Watkins with a hamstring who has been activated to his 21-day practice window to return from IR. Uh, so uh, I take it most of these will probably be precautionary. We'll keep an eye on the injury reports as it progresses through the week before we get to Sunday's game against uh, the Buffalo Bills. But um, yeah. Some, some, some encouraging, some not so. Yeah, I don't think there's anything too, too, too worrying on there. Um, be interesting to see how Milton um, shows up, how Swift shows up. Hopefully, that's just precautionary, as you say. When Quez Watkins come back, who fills the number one um, wide receiver three slot? Is it Julio Jones? Is it Quez Watkins? Do you reckon, Phil? It's a tough one because Julio is not really done. A lot, but then apart from ca- apart did. from catch that touchdown against Dallas, which was incredible. Yeah, but that, that that's literally like I think his only. Well, he's only, only been here three weeks, it, right? Yeah, but out of three weeks, he's. What I'm saying is the sample size is small, and when in, in the game where he catches a touchdown off his only target, um, there's not really a lot you can draw from that other than that particular play worked. I'm, I, and I'm, but I probably I probably would side with Julio Giants because. Um, it's while, while Goddard's out, perhaps. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a much more stronger player. He he's got much more experience. He's he's an elite player. Um, he might be a little bit on the other side of the hill, but for what he can still bring to the table, I think is what the Eagles need. They don't need as much that deep, deep, um, quick threat that Quez Watkins supposedly provides because we have wide receiver one and two that, that also have that ability. We kind of, especially now, like you said, we've got it out. We need the guy who's going to be able to do the sort of over the middle short um, pop passes that, that that sort of be able to sort of wrestle it down and get you that first down when you're sort of struggling to sort of get get close to the line. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 wouldn't, I don't want Quez to come straight back in. I don't see how he can. I don't think he's had a good enough. We, we, don't, we haven't missed him. He didn't do much when he was there. He hasn't had a touchdown. This season, I think you 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 brought in Julio Jones for a reason, and I think he just brings more to the table. I don't I don't see how see how Quez can reclaim that position. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, unless unless something added complete unordinary happens. All right, let's um let's get back to the good part of the good the bad and downright sexy. Sean Desai, I'll just cover this quickly because I want to get on to the key defensive playmakers who made a big impact on this game. But Sean Desai had a Incred- Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna move this over to Mick in a second because uh, one of my favorite parts of this podcast is when Mick does the downs um, um, part. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna start it off with um, Kelsey had a poor game. Uh, you mentioned he was frosty, tetchy um, in his in his interview, Phil, uh, after the game, and and that's because he he was limited to 44 yards, and Kelsey has ripped us to shreds pretty much every single time he's played us. So huge performance by Sean Desai. Also worth noting that Sean Desai played a very different game, a very different defensive game to a step to a regular Nick Fangio defensive game. It was much more like a Belichick um, defensive performance. He mixed out his his usual too high safety um, approach, and um, it, it was it was interesting to see the different ways in which he matched up against the um, the Chiefs. 
Also, um, he made some halftime adjustments, and we talked about this at the start of the season that Jonathan Gannon could not make any changes whatsoever when it came to halftime. We just saw the same thing in the second half, time and time again. Now we've seen we've seen Sean Desai. I think it's becoming a staple of his actual character and who he is as a defensive coordinator is his ability to completely change everything at halftime and then compile an incredible, incredible performance in the second half. But I just want to move across to the drive chart for the second half, Mick, because uh, I want you to, to read this out for me. I will do that. No problem for you, sir. <laughs> so, like you say, the halftime adjustments made by Sean Desai, and we'll hear the, the Chiefs drive chart in this game, opposed to the second half of the Super Bowl with Jonathan Gannon's defense. So, <laughs> the drive chart, the second half of the Chiefs in this game, punt, punt, fumble, punt, punt, downs. <laughs> Super Bowl, touchdown, 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 field goal. <laughs> that is as stark as a comparison as it gets. Yeah. Sean, that's why Sean Desai has impressed me so much this season. And it's his ability to adapt, to to change his mind, to throw different things at the quarterback, to you know, unsettle guys, not just say, Yeah, we're just going to stick to what we're doing and get absolutely thrashed. Um, who does that kind of thing? Shots explosives. Shots, explosives. Yeah, the guy out that's sitting out in Arizona watching the world burn um, around him. Sean Desai, yeah, you've got to give all the credit in the world for him shutting out the Chiefs in the second half. Yes, they've not been great offensively in the second half, and we can attribute that to Travis Kelsey not having the season that he had prior. Um, you know, it's, it, it wasn't sustainable, let's be fair. So defences are going to adapt to that. They're going to try and double-team Kelsey. They're going to try and do everything their way to run at their fairness to get in this guy's face to stop that option for Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, obviously the best quarterback in the league, can extend plays with his legs. Um, he, he can, you know, scramble. That's why he doesn't get sacked that much. And, you, you know, the wide receivers that he has, the calibre of wide receivers, just... Um, and the Chiefs have failed him on that, but Tron Desai capitalizes on these uh, on these moments, and he knows he can he can put it, he can put resources to Travis Kelsey because they just don't have it elsewhere. He's not uh -huh. afraid to make those adjustments, and it paid off. It paid off big time. You mean Justin what Justin Watson isn't going to be you know a, a Hall of Fame player? I don't even know who he is. He's done well this year. He's actually had a good year. <laughs> Most people thought he was a tight end, but he's he's a wide receiver. He's quick and he's tall as well. Well, uh, he's Rush, got. I mean, he's Rush got he's got Mahomes. Uh, he's back, True. so it's it's like one of these things where they say you know anyone can run behind the Eagles' offensive line. Anyone can catch a ball from Patrick Mahomes. It's sort of you know he's going to put it he's going to put it in your hands between the numbers on your chest. It's up to the receiver to haul in, but they've just got a a, a bunch of. You know, cowboys that just can't <laughs> can't do it for him, and yeah, you know, I would feel sorry for him, but I absolutely don't. Um, okay, yeah. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Right, let's move on to the defensive playmakers. Big shout out to Son Desai, who continues to impress. 
Is there is there an award for assistant head coach or, or like coordinator of the year? Is that a thing in the NFL? Uh, I don't know if there is. If it, if it isn't, it should be. And, and Sean Desai should be in the running for it because he's certainly not as obnoxious or in the face as uh, Nick Sirianni is or uh, Nick from Delco, as he's going to be called on this podcast forevermore. Um, so let's talk about so many defensive playmakers because there was a few. Before we do that, Uncle Tony, as you've all heard me affectionately mention on this podcast a number of times, was there with us celebrating in Philadelphia for Dallas Week and was having the time of his life being introduced, him and his wife, to Jen Fredericks, who uh, hosts the Fox 29 Good Morning Philadelphia at the Philly Sports Trips tailgate. But he he messaged me the other day. Uh, he had a go at me, actually, for not staying up for the Chiefs game. Told me I was a plastic fan, uh, to which I replied, I need more than 45 hours sleep to get into London Tony, before I can before I can watch a game, but he he posed a question to me: what the Eagles' win record was going to be over the next five games, Chiefs included. Uh, over the next four 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 five, five games, Chiefs included, uh, and I said that we would be three and two or two and three, and I wasn't sure which it would be because it completely depended on how the defense reacted if we had the defense from earlier in the season in the secondary compared to the defense we've have had over the last three four games specifically in the secondary then we would be good we would we would maybe we would win three we might win four but if we had the defense in the secondary that we've seen over the last few weeks then i could see us going two and three we had the defensive performance from the secondary that we had at the start of the season against the chiefs and long may that continue there was big plays across the park not just in the secondary but also on a defensive line and a great defensive performance uh, called, as we just said, by Sean Desai. So let's talk about some playmakers. There's four people in particular we're going to call out here. Kevin Bayard, Bradley Roby, Josh Sweat, and Hassan Reddick. I'm going to pass it over to you first, Phil. Kevin Bayard, his first reception as an Eagle at a very important time. Were you pleased to see Bayard step up and make a play, given... We've not seen a great deal from him since he since he joined. He, he's been he's been okay, but I wouldn't say he's been anything better than okay based on what we were expecting. Like one of the best safeties in the league, you know, coming in is what we heard around around the uh, around the patch. Yeah, it sort of it, it it was almost getting to that point where we you could start getting worried. We were all so excited when the Eagles made the the, the trade for him just before the deadline. Had a couple of um, slow games getting into it, but, but you know, naturally people come out and defend him. Say it's, it's early; he's got to get used to a brand new team. He's going to be a bit Steam. rusty, blah blah blah. That, but that only lasts itself for for so long before people start to really kind of go, maybe this isn't going to work out. And um, he was tipped by a couple of people that I noticed. Um, was saying that this was going to be the game that he was going to show people what he what he can do, what he has done in the past. And, and the interception um, and downing it in the end zone in the second quarter um, to get credit in the for the interception. Uh, to, what, to Phil? Get us get excited about this interception. We need an interception going on. Come I'm on. Tr- I'm, a tr- I'm full of cold, man. Like, I'm <laughs> battling with... Yeah, it's it's like you're talking is, about a bloody library book being pulled out of the library. Uh, Kevin Gavard's got his first interception. Let's go. He's got his first. In- well, it's not his first ever interception. It's what we. I'm talking about it. Like, it, let's not get over. Let's not get ahead of ourselves because I love getting that- ahead of myself. I'm going to get ahead of myself. He's not. 
He's not a player who's just come out of nowhere. We know how good this guy could be, and he's not performed to that level in the first two games, and we've given him um, some slack because he's come into a new team. And now he's shown that he can do it. And this is more a case of this is what we know he can do. So this is yeah. more he's now he's now at the level where we expect him to be. Yeah. I'll be I'll be ecstatic when he has consistent consecutive games doing that, or he 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 has even more he has even more success on on defense. I like that confidence when he does. I like that. Yeah, I, I just think it's a case of this was more of a relief. This performance was like, oh, thank God, this isn't this isn't going to go really bad. This isn't this isn't the expectation um, being absolutely blown out by reality. Saying, uh, you know, we 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 we've had we've been look lucky to have pretty good um, trade um, picks. Obviously, AJ Brown being a pretty uh-huh. prime example of that, and. Um, the drafting has been pretty good, but there have also been some busts. And you look mm-hmm. at the players that we have had that we kind of conveniently forget. There's just mm-hmm. as much chance that he could have ended up coming across as another. Um, uh, yeah, recency just... bias suggests how he's done a great job, but like only a year ago, before we made the run to the Super Bowl, we were talking about how bad it had been for years. You know, so exactly. So yeah. this is, I think, for me, it's just more more relief that he is still that player. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a good call. Not getting too overexcited about it. What is he, two, two, three games in? Something like that? Three, Third three, game. Third game in, first interception. He's known as being a bit of a ball hawk, learning the scheme. Okay, you've done a good job. Above par, perhaps, over the three games now with that interception just. Let's see what else you can do down the stretch. Hopefully he's going to be a big player for the Eagles down the stretch. So shout out to Kevin Byard for a good performance. Uh, Bradley Roby, Mick. Someone that we were talking about a lot in preseason, someone that we knew was going to have to step up at certain times. Felt like he, he felt like he, he felt like he um, stepped up big time. Probably his best game so far this year. Would you say for the Eagles? Yeah, well, it was good to get him back off of IR uh, because you know we've had Maddox go down, we've had a problem in that nickel cornerback role we've tried to fill it with you know Sidney Brown he's just a rookie what can you really expect you know we've had Eli Ricks come in try to do a job um Sean Desai has just tried to fill that role as best he can um and I think he really trusts Bradley Roby I think we were saying before the game yeah Bradley Roby's going to come back for this one and we're getting a bit hype for it and we're thinking but then you know there's that little bit in the back of your head where you're like this guy is just you know, we picked him up off the street at the last minute before the mm-hmm. season. Um, is he really that good? Can we really depend on him that much? And then he goes and makes a play like this. Like, mm-hmm. he punches the ball clean out of Travis Kelsey's hands. You listen to the uh, the podcast that he does with Jason. Um, you can hear the pain and his voice when he's talking about it because he's so upset with himself. You see, you've watched the video of Andy Reid on the sidelines sneering at him like, can't believe you fucking dropped that ball. <laughs> you owe me 50 burgers. <laughs> uh, but it's it's um it's a great play and it could have come at a better time as well. I mean Super like, Bowl get, champion, let's not forget get, back in 2014, Mr. Roby. Is he? I couldn't have yeah. that. I couldn't have Broncos. 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 I mean, I yeah, well, he's a seasoned vet. He knows what he's doing out there on the field. And, and that's what I suppose we need, a bit of experience. Like I said, the two guys that we've been playing in the slot, Sidney Brown, first-year rookie out of Illinois. Yeah. We've got um, your, the other guy, uh, Eli Ricks, like I said, first-year mm-hmm. rookie out of Alabama. He was um, 
new DFA actually. So um, it's good to inject a little bit of experience in there. Took the ball away for Kelsey. Mm-hmm. He, he saved probably six points. So yeah. um, him and Bayard both combined saved two touchdowns. Great, great performance all around. Shout out to Darius Slade for getting his ankles broken uh, during the game. Has anyone seen the video? <laughs> yes, yeah, so he, he quote tweeted it himself, actually. He, he did, fair like, play yeah. to him. Yeah. I love that, I love that. That's great character. That's great character. He's, he's good he's... people. Uh, the Slays are good people. They were at the fourth and John tailgate. A little bit after we left, actually, to go to the Philly Sports Trips tailgate, but uh, they're, good, they're good people, the Slays. Josh Wett. Phil forced Mahomes to an inter- intentional grounding on a critical third down in midfield with 142 to go on the clock, setting up four for 25 to ice the game. Sweat is just consistent, isn't he? Like, he is going to get you 10 sacks a year, no matter what, guaranteed, I think, for from here on for the rest of his career. Probably the best celebration in the team as well. Uh, we, we, I, I just love that. Like, just no sweat. No sweat. I got this. I got this. I can see more coming from sweat, but good to see him continue to perform and continue to get those pressures, right? Yeah, that was that was the one thing for the in going into the game and during the game, watching it live, that was it starts to feel the, the pit in your stomach where yes, I know they uh, Hassan Reddick got the sack quite early on in the game, but it was getting to Patrick Mahomes full stop during the game because that is the key. You know, we didn't get any sacks or anything during the Super Bowl. It was one of the biggest critics criticisms of the team was allowing him to allowing him to do his game and and to be fair Mahomes dropped back so far it's it's like he's just giving himself so much distance between the players so for for, for sweat to get there right at the end of the game and and to force intentional grounding I feel sorry for him because that that's a sack yeah the fact that Mahomes decided to to almost have the audacity to think that he could throw it away and get out of it it's almost like just mm-hmm. You, the, the sack's gone, um, and 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 you you know just take it. You've, you've done it. But look, sweat has just been that that storm. I wonder if they the, look at the. I wonder if they look at the contracts. We were talking about contracts earlier on today, and like the hundred yards for Smith, and the sacks. We know sacks are a big part of their defensive linemen, tackles, even linebackers uh, contracts. Do you think the Eagles will go? Yeah, I'll give you that one. Yeah, I, we lost. I'd like to think so, wouldn't you? We lost a couple of key key players on defense from 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 the defense from last season that, that you know Hargrave and, and and players like that that we weren't sure whether we were going to miss them too much and and not be able to replicate the season. But someone like like Josh Sweat comes along and, and you don't want to let any more of those guys go because he has been fully Sweat deserving. Be constant. Yeah. We need to keep. We you know we, we let way more than we expected to go. Um, TJ Edwards and all all, all sorts mm. that. Are now on other teams and and somehow we as and doing well it's not like they've gone to other teams and i'd like they're both both hargrave and tj edwards are i think tj from what might be he's up there in leading leagues and tackles i think this year as long as long as the eagles remain sort of successful or, or right at the top of the, of the as close to the top of the pyramid as as they are right now um it should be better to, to keep those kind of players and we can use that as bargaining chips for for reduced slightly reduced contracts you know, stick with us, take a little bit less money, but you, uh, you, you're in a, you're in a winning team. Um, it is the only reason I feel sort of optimistic that we can keep hold of these sort of players. And I know you've got your sources with Devontae Smith and that, but that's kind of the reason why I think you've got um, Howie at the helm, um, contract master. If you know if anyone can do it, it's him. I know 
um it's unlikely you just can't keep everyone that's the whole point is the, the parity is part of getting you've got to get rid of some of your best players sometimes because you just can't afford to give them contracts but i'm hoping that that, that sweat and and players of that ilk are there's going to be exceptions made at, at some yeah. point because we just we, we need to keep as many of the band much of the band together as possible if we're gonna i agree i mean dynasty you... You look at the you look at the key four that have been around for the for the birds for years, which have keep kept us in touch in um in Brandon Graham, um, in Lane Johnson, in Kelsey and in uh, Fletcher Cox. You know, we, we need to replicate that. G- give me give me Jordan Mayalada, give me Landon Dickerson, give me Hassan Reddick, uh, give me Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, and Josh Sweat for years to come, please. I'll, I'll take that all day long. Little flex, I was right. TJ Edwards does lead the league in tackles. Uh, well 121 for the Chicago Bears. Uh, two ahead of Raekwon Smith. So I'll take that flex. I love Josh. Sorry, I know you were going to move on, right? No, go. I just, go, I, just, go. I, just I just wanted to say I, I love Josh. I just love him so much. I, I, I was trying to source an FSU Josh Josh Sweat jersey at one point. Really? That's how much I love this guy. Um, and he's was Josh Sweat like, the jersey we were trying? We were supposed to get you. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, sorry, he didn't have it at the shop. No. Um, they didn't even have the normal ones. Like it wasn't even like they didn't have the fusion ones. They didn't even have the non-fusion ones in the store. Yeah, Shame on Philadelphia Eagles for not having Josh Sweat's jersey in the store. I mean, come on, he's underappreciated everywhere. And yeah, we'll, I'll get, I'll get one. Don't worry, I'll get one. Although Phil did make a joke while we were out there, I think I think it was Phil anyway, saying, "I'm not sure I'd want like sweat on my back." Like, what is he sweating? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> that wasn't me. All right, maybe it was me. Maybe it was me. I don't know. Um, all right, shout out to Josh. Uh, I'm going to pick this one up. Uh, I'm going to pick up Hassan Reddick. I love what this guy is doing. I think he is he's a Philly boy. You look at him in his interviews, how much he loves the city, how much he loves representing the jersey. This guy, at the start of the season, we were thinking, oh, he's not getting as many sacks. Is he going to be as impactful as he was last year? What did he get, 17 regular season sacks last year, 16? Something like that. One sack early on in the day, which kind of set the tone for the defense for the rest of the game, which they followed through on. I think it was the first or the second play, maybe the second play of the game. He got Mahomes down um, for, for a sack. Not only that, he also had a tackle for loss. He also had three quarterback hits. He now has 8.5 sacks so far this year, which leads the Eagles by um, by two, I think. I think Swah has 6.5. So he is leading the Eagles for sacks. I don't know where he is in the NFL sack race. He's probably a two or three behind, but he's he's certainly in the top ten. I would I would I would hazard a guess. No, I would be very confident to say he's in the top ten, maybe even the, the top five. But he's doing very well. He's on course for another fifteen plus sack year this year. And I just want to give a shout out to Hassan Reddick. And um, I bought two. Kelly Geary in jerseys when I was in um, Philadelphia. And one was a Jalen Hurts Fusion one. The second one was a Hassan Reddick 7 jersey. So you you bought them? Uh, actually, I didn't buy them. Uh, I didn't buy them. Shout out to um, Jimmy, um, Uncle Tony's friend, good friend of mine, uh, who was the person who got me into the Novacare Center uh, and then brought me to the Eagle store and actually bought both jerseys for me. And told me that uh, you don't buy your own jerseys here in Philly when you were friends. So, shout out to Jimmy for um, getting both of me those both of me those jerseys. What a guy Jimmy is, by the way, Phil. I'll really look forward to introducing you to him next time we come over. He's an incredible human being. 
um, special person. Alrighty, good stuff. That is defensive playmakers. Let's move on to what I wanted to have as the um, damn right sexy of the week, uh, the 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 absolute play player of the week, and and that is you've you've circled Britain Covey here. Mick, is that for the damn right sexy? Is that who you wanted to go for there? That was Phil, but yeah. That was cool. that was Phil. Um no, I, I want I want to give it to Michael Clay. I want to give Michael Clay damn right sexy of the week. All the shit he's been giving on this podcast. The special <laughs> teams had an absolute week this week. Just Job hasn't been given enough credit so far. I made a spectacular play in punk coverage to keep tackle Kadarius Tony, who ripped us in the Super Bowl and all game against the Chiefs ripped us. Every time he caught the ball, this guy was spinning on a 1P coin, like breaking ankles all over the shop. He is so elusive. It's a bit like uh, Howell, when Sam Howell, when he plays against us. Tony doesn't do against anyone else over there in the Eagles. He, he seems to get up for us for whatever reason. Did we pass on him? Maybe we did. I don't know. But he, <clears throat> um, we got him down. Uh, Josh Joe got him down on a nine-yard line, which forced the Chiefs to have to go 91 yards for the winning touchdown. And I don't think that play can be understated. I'm almost tempted to give him the damn right sexy for that play alone for the week. They never got closer to the 34-yard line. Shout out to Josh Job. My special team's praise doesn't stop there. Let me bring in Brandon, uh, Braden Mann. This guy is an absolute legend, right? We've been looking for a punter for a long time. Amron Sipos, get the fuck. Don't know where you are. Don't give a shit where you are, right? We have a new guy in town. He can kick the football, and he didn't play Aussie rules. I hope he didn't. Otherwise, I was that wrong. Uh, he, had a, he had a shank in that game. I don't know if you guys remember, but he had a shank in that game, and he still averaged 47.7 yards per punt on seven punts, which includes the shank. He had some big bombs. I think he's hit like some 60-plus yard punts so far this year. That I've seen a few of them. Um, he was clutch, and I'm taking this line from a Ruben Frank article that I read earlier on today. Shout out to Rube. You, 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 you cannot give... Patrick Mahomes, a short field, you're going to ask for trouble. And the punting game and the special team play by both Job and also by Mann was critical to the Eagles limiting the um, Chiefs to 17 points on Monday Night Football. And I think they deserve a real shout out. And then shout out finally to Crash Test Covey. Uh, averaged three returns for 17.7 yards. And some of them were hard. Like you looked at him catching the ball and you're like, you're not going to get three yards here. And he managed to get like 15 yards out of the play. 17.7 might not sound by much, but it's above, way above the league average. And I don't know, I don't have the stats in front of him whether he's still leading the the league in, um, in, in yards per return. Uh, but he certainly has the most put returns of at least 20 yards more this season. So a uh, big shout out to uh, Britain Co- Covey and Miles, Michael Clay's group as a whole. If anyone has any uh, objections, I would like to give the damn right sexy to to um, to Michael Clay. Any objections? No, go for it. Sorry, I was drinking some water. <laughs> Sorry. We haven't had the damn right sexy shout out today. Where's the where's the little animation gone? What we got, what's going on here? That's me. That that's that's on me. The damn right sexy. There we go. My damn right (laughs) sexy. (laughs) Sorry, Deems. I know you're listening. 
I love it. Uh, all righty, let's go through. Should we have a quick break? Uh, we'll do our um, short advert for our sponsors, and we'll come back and we will do the mm-hmm. Bills preview. Speak to you soon. Celebrate victories, rally through challenges, and bond with fellow fans as you toast with a dram of Loch Lomond single malt whiskey. From tailgating gatherings to watch parties at home, Loch Lomond whiskey becomes an essential companion, enhancing the moments that make football so extraordinary. It's the perfect accompaniment from the joy of victory to the bittersweet moments of defeat. Loch Lomond offer a wide range of malts with their flagship perfectly balanced and signature expressions inch moan and inch muren to suit any taste palate. Celebrate greatness on and off the field this season with a perfect balance of Loch Lomond whiskey and Eagles football. From the first pour to the crowd roar. Fly Eagles fly. And there were many, many of those E-A-G-L-E-S and Go Birds chants when we were in Philadelphia for Dallas week a couple of weeks ago. Our voices were gone uh, very early on in the day on Sunday before the game even started. I couldn't speak. And I know a few people who came with us couldn't speak for a number of days afterwards. Should we quickly touch on the win record between myself and... Um, Phil and Mick, you two, in terms of our predictions at the start of the season. There's been a bit of a change from last week in terms of where we stand. Mick, you're still 10-0. Take us away here with how we're all doing here. Um, Yeah, so I am at the moment 10-0. Liam, you're 8-2, and, and Phil is also now 8-2, taking the L against Kansas City and on week 11. So um, <clears throat> we've got, I definitely have a few more L's coming up on the... Same. We've both got on three. The, on the predictions. I'm hoping I'm very wrong about those because as far as losses go, I do not want to take NFC losses, which I have on this prediction. Uh, but we'll see how it plays out. But um, I think I've you've taken, got, I've taken you've a two-game lead. You've got week 18 against New York Giants as a loss, but I think you probably took that and I did the same, thinking we'd be resting players for yeah. the following game. However, with the Detroit Lions and Dallas Cowboys being where they're at, there's a scenario where uh, we might need to win the last game to secure the number one seed. I mean, there's a scenario. I'm not saying it'll happen. Such as such as last season. Um, Liam, if you'll remember, we put Gardner Minshew in for a couple of games against the Cowboys. He lost that game against the Saints. He lost that game, and we had to bring in an injured Jalen with um, the shoulder injury to, to win the game, to win the number one seed in the very last game of the season against the Giants. So um, it very well could play out that way in Week 18, but we're needing a win again. be nice, though, if we'd secured the number one seed, give Jalen's knee a rest for three weeks before the next game he needs to play and then get ready for the... Two playoff games and the, and the Super Bowl be be pretty special. Two two playoff games in the Super Bowl. Um, all right, good stuff. We'll continue to keep you guys updated on that. Shall we do our? What do you want to do first? Do you want to do our Bills preview or do you want to do our prop bets for the weekend? The preview first, and we can think about the prop bets while yeah, we're doing preview, it. Preview, preview first. The the prop bets are 
they weren't out this morning, but they're out now, which is good news. So, um, yeah, let's let's continue with the preview first, and we'll come on here about props afterwards, where we can have a little flutter, see if we can win some money or um, give each other some shit if we if it doesn't come through. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely love that. Um, already cool. So the Eagles are going up against the six and five Bills who are uh, in the AFC East with losses to the Jets, the Jags, the Pats, the Bengals, and the Broncos. I mean, the losses to the Jets are, is, is terrible, but we can't really say anything about that, so let's move on from that one. Uh, loss to the Pats is pretty hor horrific. The Jags have been hit and miss all season, although they are a winning team. The Bengals ha had a poor start but have been good since, and the Broncos had a horrendous start, but for some reason... Uh, a bit like Space Jam, I, f I feel like um, Wilson has found his talent from whoever stole it last year, probably Hackett. Um, he's found Hackett's house and broke into it, stolen his talent back, and has, has come back into the has come back into the fold. Yeah, maybe maybe Peyton was right. <laughs> the the uh, Hackett was is an absolutely terrible coach, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. it was that was that on one of the Monday Night Football uh, segments. Is that where I got that from? Could be, could be, could be. Can't remember, can't remember. Anyway, listen, the Bills are six and five. Brandon Graham will appear in his 189th regular season game for the Eagles and set a franchise record for the most appearances. First ballot Hall of Famer for the Eagles, of course. Does he make it into the Hall of Fame in the NFL, Mick? Oh, I hope so. I mean, probably not, but that really, he's been such a servant for the club. He has been, he's been there. He is such a voice in the locker room. He's such a presence. Um, he's a team captain. He's a team player. He just, he, he bleeds green. He loves Philadelphia. He loves everything about um, the culture and, and, and the city itself. And uh, Brandon Graham is just such a, it's such an honour for him to be on our team. And, you know, I've got his in jersey. I've got another one of his jerseys that I wear often if I've not gained too much weight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, how does your jersey fit, by the way? Uh, the AJ Brown one, very, very, very well. Good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Brandon Graham, he's one of my favourite players. He'll be one of my all-time Eagles when he, when he does yeah. he hang the cleats up. He's taking team-friendly deals. He knows his time's up. He's taking limited snaps, but mm -hmm. he makes... Like I said, to, me and Phil talked about last week against the that. 1.5 sacks he had. He makes he makes the snaps count that he's there for. Mm -hmm. Chase down Dak to push him out of bounds for that um, two-point conversion. He makes it count on the field when he's there, and that's what we need. The leaders in the dressing room, we've still got him. Love him. Congratulations, Brandon, when you do make that. Um <laughs> Franchise record. I know he listens to the podcast, obviously. <laughs> well, when I went to see, um, when I spoke to Big Dom, obviously there's a billion things I can't repeat about this experience. Phil's rolling his eyes as I mentioned Big Dom again. Um, but when I did go, when I did go and speak to um, to Big Dom, he 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 said that he would share the podcast with all the players. So uh, hopefully, we do get a couple of listeners from. The players for for this uh, for this and, and last week's episode. Um. Anyway, let's 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 move on to talk about the Bills and, and this matchup. Josh Allen 
has been almost like the darling boy behind Mahomes in the NFL, almost alongside Mahomes in, in the NFL for a few years now. We know he's got a cannon arm. We know he can make nearly every throw possible at, from any angle because of the strength he has in his arm. But they're six and five. I mean, Stefan Diggs is one of the best wide receivers and has been one of the best wide receivers in the league for years now. Uh, constantly passes a thousand yards. They've had a good offensive line. They've always had a good defense. They've always had one of the best defenses in the league. They've also got um, Dawson Knox. They signed Dalton Kincaid, who looks really good from a time position. Gabriel Davis has made loads of flashes. He's a decent player. They've got uh, Cook at running back now. Dalvin's younger brother, who's made a, an explosive start to his NFL career. And they've also got another wide receiver whose name escapes me now, who... Um, has some big play um, Khalil ability. Shakir. Khalil Shakir has some big play capability. Thank you, Philip. And so they have a very strong team. They have one of the strongest teams in the NFL. Had you been doing your predictions at the start of the season and had you predicted what the end uh, results would be for the Bills, you probably would have had them 11 wins, 12 wins this year. Uh, that would have been, I think, fairly normal. But six and five. So, Phil, I want to bring you in here. Is 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 Josh Allen something and Stephon Diggs and Kincaid and their defense something that we really need to worry about this week? Or are we seeing the, the fall of Josh Allen and the Bills? Are we seeing the regression of Josh Allen and the Bills? Is Josh Allen turning into the new Carson Wentz? God, you stole it from me there. I was literally going to go. You Were you going to say it? 2.0. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Great minds. Great minds. page with this one, yeah. I think. I said at the start of the season, I think that was the basis for my um, prediction that we would beat the Bills right at the start of the season before any of the, the context of the current season could develop. Uh, I like the flex. Already... You saw it happen. I like it. Well, I just have – my, my feeling is that the Bills were just – they kind of missed their window and they're at the point now where things are going to start unraveling because they're, they're all, everything's catching up with them and the lack of achieving expectations is going to weigh heavy on them and – and it shows in, in Josh Allen's in play. And when things aren't going well, he kind of goes a bit Wentz ball and starts trying to do a little bit too much and, and force some throws. And, and his interceptions are um, quite stark. I mean, bad, I aren't they? Starts, starts stats to me, with me right now, but I'm pretty sure he's... He leads the league. Him. He leads the league in he interceptions. Leads the league. And he's, he seems to be having sort of like at least one or two a game, every game. Um, he also leads the my, league in t- passing touchdowns. Pet. Weird, <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> mm. Sorry, Phil, I missed that bit. My apologies. No, I said spoiler alert towards the the prop bet that more well, my my bit of the prop bet this week. But um, yeah, it, but he was also Josh Allen is also the sort of person that he still does have a lot of talent, and and if we underestimate him or 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 don't give him the respect that we sh- you know that we that we should, then if he gets a bit of confidence and, and the team, the uh, the bills start clicking, like you, uh, Khalil Shakir's had a hundred yard game recently. He's a brand new rookie. Gabe Davis, which we know, can have explosive games. And then, you know, as you said, Stefan Diggs is just Stefan Diggs. So they don't get on well, um, do they? There's always been spats between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Like, get me the ball, throw me the ball, show me the ball more. I know we see a bit of that with AJ. Like there's something there. Yeah, it does, and, yeah. and it's. It's but for that that's also situations like when when things are going well, everything's rosy. So he starts getting a few dimes to Stefan Diggs mm. early on in the game. We don't 
treat that's what I mean if we don't go to the game fully prepared and, and I'm, I have no doubt that the Eagles will be fully prepared for for, for this team if, if they sort of underestimate or they get or they allow them to get up a bit hot then then Josh Allen can still punish you we have to respect that absolutely absolutely we need to put a parrot for Ross Eagles in our British and Irish Eagles chat uh, Ross continues to parrot for those who know you'll know what we mean um good, good stuff Mick bring you in on Josh Allen and the offense for the Bills of this similar persuasion you think that Josh Allen is an elite passer, uh, having a little bit of a bad run in form? Do you think he's something that the Eagles should be worried about? I think we should be worried about him regardless because he can have a game anyway. We've seen him have incredible games. Or do you, or do you think that he's having a, a decline at the moment? Are you on board with the whole Carson Wentz 2.0? Yeah, but I think Josh Allen is fair to say he's regressed a little. And, and how much do you attribute that to Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo, who was fired only last week where, when the Bills went 5-5 five and five after losing um, that game against the Broncos? And, uh, you know, you can't come back from that. The sacrifice has to be made. Sean McDermott thought, I'm probably going to be on the firing block if I don't make the playoffs. Um, someone has to go. It's going to be Ken Dorsey. Uh, even though you know, we're thinking that's Josh Allen's one of his best comrades on the team, even though it's, you know, it's a coach. He was his quarterback coach. He was uh, promoted to defensive coordinator and uh, subsequently fired. Um, <laughs> so we're seeing how that was going to play out. Of course, they go to the Jets. They ripped them to shreds in that game. I think they absolutely blew them out. I was just looking for the score line as as we were talking, because I'm sure it was it was quite um, the deficit. Um, Josh, Josh, I nearly said Josh Witt. Josh Allen is always going to be a problem um, in the NFL. It's it would be fools not to give him the respect that he does command, even if he is having a down season. He throws the odd interception. So does Jalen. I've defended Jalen on this podcast for throwing interceptions. Sometimes they're not the quarterback's fault. Sometimes they are, yeah. Sometimes they, mm-hmm. they throw the ball in harm's way because they're trying to play a bit of hero ball. The Carson Wentz effect, I get that. understand completely. But you do also have to respect the game. Um, and I'm sure I have more faith in Sean Desai than I do in Josh Allen if that makes sense. And that's why I feel good about this game. That's why I feel good coming in of it. Um, I think the Bills have had a lot of injuries this season as well mm-hmm. to their defence in particular. Um, even noting uh, Micah Hyde is questionable with a, a neck injury at the moment, so he could potentially miss this game. That's one to keep an eye on. They lost Dawson Knox injured reserve. They, they lost Matt Milano injured reserve. Kaya Elam, uh, Damien Harris, you know, they've lost a lot of guys. And they can't seem to get that running game going and, either. And their, and their top safety, Taylor Rapp, uh, required an ambulance to leave the field. Um, I think they should get a, I think they should get a hospital built into the Buffalo Stadium at this point because it was quite scary the players that go to fucking hospital all yeah. the time. Yeah, um, yeah it's, and, and nobody likes to see that. And, you know, the Eagles are three and a half point favourites in this game and we're at home so then the NFL, the league are looking at it as if it's just a toss up 
it's a toss-up game. It could it could go either way, um, because you you typically give the home team a three-point advantage, uh, which I feel is a little bit of disrespect on Philadelphia, especially as we come in nine and one. We win in all sorts of different ways. Buffalo are six and five. They're six and five for fuck's sake. They're not even in the playoff picture at the moment in the AFC. Their their secondary is decimated at the moment. Yeah, and we're number one seed in the NFC, and we get hit with a three point five fucking spread. That is disgrace. So as I know, but a bit like the Jets, we'll probably turn up and lose now after saying all this. Well, well, (laughs) the thing is that you're forgetting, Liam, is that. We're playing. I can't get out the hook. We're playing in the Kelly Green. We're playing. We are. We're playing we are. in the Kelly Green this this week. <laughs> don't don't the rest of the juries you seem like boring and insignificant now. You have a Kelly Green. Like the rest of them just feel shit to me. Like nothing was ever going to compare to the Kelly Greens now. Now that, you, now that you, when you put one on, like I'm looking at you wearing your jersey and I'm looking at Phil and Phil just looks so much sexier than you right now. Purely because he's wearing. Purely because he's wearing. Hey, the Kelly Green. come on! I've got a, I've got a sleeve. You know, I've got a sleeve jersey on. I've got twenty four, twenty four sleeve jersey on. Twenty four, yeah, right before he changed to two. Fucking number. <laughs> hey, that'll be that'll be rare. That'll become rare, and you might make more money out of it in a few years. Who's got a sleeve twenty four? News flash: Liam thinks the Kelly Green is shit. What's that? No, I love it. Love no, Kelly Green. I mean the Midnight Green, not Kelly Green. Sorry. Oh, the Midnight Green. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I, I kind of in comparison now. Yeah. <laughs> give me the black. Give me the white. Give me the Kelly Green. Put the oh, Midnight no, oh, no, Green you, in the bin. What, what, uh, what, what Kelly Green did you get when you were over in in Philly? Sorry, I don't, I don't even know. You didn't tell me. Who did me? You pick up, yeah. Did you pick up Hearts? Did you pick up? I said, Brown? I said, I said, I said earlier. I, I picked up Hertz and Reddick. Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. Obviously, no, I didn't. I, I didn't say Hertz. I, I, yeah, I picked up Hertz and Reddick. That's what that they're the, the tops that Jimmy got me. Um, uh, Phil, yeah. who are you winning, Phil? QB one, QB one has to be, has to be. Doesn't Wait, when we were there, I mean, there was only a, there was only a few fusion jerseys available in my size, <coughs> my size. <coughs> um, so there was there was limited availability for lots of people. There was a there was a. There was some Kelsey, there was some AJ Brown, there was some Smithy, and there was some Jalen Hurts. But the only ones really um, that you could get in your size was uh, Jalen Hurts and um, AJ Brown. And I just thought getting a Jalen Hurts um, fusion Kelly Green jersey was the way forward. I think I thought you just had to do it. So I did that, and I got a Reddick non-fusion Kelly Green, which it just was good. The fusions are a bit better, but the normal ones are, are really, really good as well for anyone considering getting them. All right, lads, predictions. For the weekend, can I get your scores, Mick? Score a score line. Um, I score will, line. I'll give you. I feel like we're going to do a number on them on offense this week. I feel like we're we're due. We're just overdue to just hurt someone, just fucking put points up, and just blow someone out. Because I'm sick of the narrative that Philly aren't doing that. They're just not blowing teams away. And see if we blow the boat. See if they blow the boats away. Yeah, I know that. But uh, we said that at the start of the podcast. But I'd I'd still love to see it because it's enjoyable. Yeah, enjoyable absolutely. So I'll absolutely. go. I'll go thirty-four. Seventeen. Oh, I like it. Double the points, Phil. What you got? Yeah, I think the reason why we've 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 not been 
doing what Mick's hoping that we're going to do this week is just generally because the turnover battle's not been as prolific as it was last season. Sort of drumming up points on teams usually relies on you know a few key uh, turnovers and, and touchdown score with those, which we didn't get against the Chiefs. We we turned over the ball, we couldn't make use of it. Um, but in this game, Kelly Green in the link, I think that's going to happen. A fair few times, like I said, Josh Allen's prone for an interception or two. I think this could be a game where we could rack up a decent score. I think okay. Mick's probably hit what I would have said. So I'm, I'm going to stick. I'm going to agree with Mick and say about 34 17 was sort of. You're not going for exactly the same. Yeah, score, I'm sure. yes, I love that. I don't care. Absolutely outrageous. Good. Absolutely outrageous. Um, I am going to go for a. Is it at, is it at the link? Yep. Yeah. At the link, Bills fans, Eagles fans, two of the biggest, best fans clashing together at the link. It's going to be cold. Bills like a cold. Jalen Hurts can play in any condition. I'm going to go for a 27-20 win for the Eagles. Even though um, I predicted a loss before the season started. No, I didn't. Yes, I did. I did. Yeah, 27 to 20 win for the Eagles. Right, should we get to our prop bets? Who wants to go first? Yeah, let's do it. Sorry? No, I was just saying if no one wants to go first, I'll, I'll jump in. But if you've got one, maybe you go ahead. No, I'll jump in. I was just going to go through a couple of props just to give you a feel of what the, the prop yeah, numbers are looking like at the moment. Yeah, um, let's do that. In, in case you didn't have them in front of you. So, um, passing yards for Jalen Hurts is set at 241.5 on the, yeah. the over under. average. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, receiving yards, we're looking at an AJ Brown. 82.5 yards. Devontae Smith, 56.5 yards. DeAndre Swift, 14.5 yards. Mm, that's not... That's, a, that's a little bit tasty. Oh, we got evens on that? Or 5 to 6 or something? Or 10 to 11? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the over-unders are normally about evens. Um, DeAndre Swift, rushing yards is set at 57.5 Jalen Hurts is set at 38.5. Don't fancy the Jalen, not with his knee at the moment. I don't fancy the Jalen, personally. <laughs> Passing right. touchdowns, we've got Jalen Hurts at one, one, over 1. 1.5. Passing touchdowns. Okay. Uh, evens. Um, interceptions, you've got over... Um, 0 0.5. I'm not, I'm, so. I'm not betting on interceptions. Fuck that. No, no, you're not taking a bad prop. Eh? That's, no. that's, let's be fair. That's fine. Go on, Phil. You were um, ready. Let's go. Sorry, just on the defensive side of the ball, okay. you've got Reed, Reed Blankenship on an over of 7.5 tackles, Bradbury 3.5, Bayard 7.5, Cunningham 7.5, Reddick 3.5. Interesting. That's interesting. I look at the um, biggest tacklers uh, on the team um, this year. Reed Blankenship has 63 on... Has he missed two games, Reed? He's missed at least one. Yeah. He's probably averaging around seven. Cunningham. Yeah, well, I reckon Zach's not... Anyway, go on. I'll, I'll, I'll ponder while you guys go first. Yes, that's what I had one. Well, I, I was quite happy to go for the interceptions for Josh Allen. I think um, over uh, 
two plus interceptions for Josh Allen. It's, uh, two plus. Yeah, I think he's going to go for. He's going to have at least two interceptions. Wow, that's got to be big odds, right? Uh, What's the is that? That's not the over under, is it? No, it was just um. Well, the over under's half an interception, so yeah, it's half. It's like Josh uh, Allen two interceptions is uh. Well, milestone is uh, three point eight. Uh, sorry, I used this, which is terrible. But near, nearly three. Um, All right, yeah, fuck three, it. Three, Let's, Let's lock it in. Josh Allen, two interceptions. Mick, I I quite like that. Um, Swift. Dondre- yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't blame I would have went for it if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, you, you could hear it in my voice when I was reading it out. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Go, for, I'll go for I'll go for Swift the over on receiving. Okay, I like I that. quite like the the Hertz passing yards. I feel like he's due a big game. Um, yeah, I'm going to go AJ Brown, uh, 82.5. Uh, there's eight yards this week. You we know what a prima donna he can be. You know what he'll be talking to Jalen about all week. Devontae Smith had his big week. AJ Brown's going to go for over 100 this week. I'm very, very comfortable on the 82.5, especially with a decimated Bill secondary uh, on the injury report. So give me AJ, give me AJ Brown on the over there on uh, on receiving yards. So AJ Brown receiving, DeAndre Swift receiving, and two touchdowns plus for Mr. Josh Allen. I'll bring in a tasty number. Interception, sorry, what did I say? Touchdowns? <laughs> uh, interceptions, we don't want that. All right, good stuff. Um, cool. Looking forward to it. I'm traveling to Ireland tomorrow, so I'll be watching the Eagles play in Dublin on Sunday night after I take my nanny out for a lovely Sunday roast dinner because she wasn't able to come over for my wedding. So really looking forward to seeing the family and taking them out for dinner this weekend. Mick, you up to anything nice this weekend? Uh, I don't think I've got anything on this weekend. To be fair, mate, it's just a quiet one for me. I'll be watching the fact the Thanksgiving games tomorrow night yep. and uh, enjoying that. I'm enjoying football weekend. There's a massive slate of college football on on Saturday as well. Um, a massive one for Ohio State as well, and uh, it should be good. It's going to set up the playoffs really well. So if you don't watch college football, tune on on Saturday because it's going to be massive. Drop, drop, make a DM. I'll tell you all you need to know about it as well. He knows all there is to know. Phil, you got any plans this weekend, my friend? Um, my next door neighbor goes a bit nuts with his uh, Christmas lights every year. Um, so he's got his plans, which, on to be fair, he does a good job. He, he raises a lot of money for St John's ambulance. So he, oh, nice. He does a, he does a big event. He gets all people dressed up as Santa and stuff. He does the whole hog. It's, it's how do you it's like that? Now. Exactly. So I'm looking forward to to seeing how he reacts to. To seeing a few lights switched on, I'm generally looking forward to people's lights going up now. Sort of the evening nice. walks. Now it's getting now it's dark early. You can walk around the neighbourhood and mm-hmm. judge them. <laughs> hey, maybe we should do a British and Irish Eagles Christmas Carol, uh, a bit like the uh, the the Eagles the Eagles team do. Watch this space. Mick's got a band. All right, guys. Eagles pay the Bills Sunday night at nine. Is it nine oh five nine twenty five one okay. or? On Sky Sports as well. On Sky Sports, so everyone enjoy Neil Neil Reynolds. Um, We we will be here. Uh, Drop us a DM if you've got any questions. Drop us a question if you have for our podcast next week. We will be welcoming Dave Spadaro on the podcast. And remember to look us up on Twitter. And if you want to come along to the Watch Along in London on the 3rd of December, Passion Gavin, New Waterloo, League Street, then please come and join us. We'd love to host you. Between now and then, I wish you all the luck for everything in your lives and your endeavors for the weekend. Have a good weekend. And go birds. Let's go 10-1, baby.